0: This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Bible with me to Joshua chapter 6, Joshua chapter 6, and uh, we're going to begin in the few verses before, chapter 5, verse 13, moving into this exciting chapter in Joshua, this great book. This is what the Bible says, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. I think that statement there, neither, is quite unusual, and I think some explanation is worthwhile, because you know, God uses anyone or anything. He can use a donkey, he even used Nebuchadnezzar. So God will use those who he needs to put his hand upon and move them to fulfill his purpose. So the Lord, as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out. No one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once and all the, with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carrying trumpets of ram's horns in the front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight In Amen. Great, exciting to read the word of God. The Bible says, never stop the public reading of the word of God. Let me just remind you of some of the major points last night. And if you weren't with us last night, it will just help you pick up where we were. We spoke from Joshua chapter 1, where the word of the Lord came to him. Moses, my servant, is dead. And this is what God said. Be very strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land then he said be careful to obey all the law Of my servant Moses, that my servant Moses gave you. And I reminded us that we are still responsible before God to keep the Ten Commandments. Just because Christ completed the law does not exempt us from obeying the commands of God. We must keep the Ten Commandments. And then position yourself in faith, position yourself in prayer, in responsibility for one another, in obedience and service. In knowledge of the spiritual territory and the inheritance that God has given you in Christ. Then I spoke about three things in order for us to prepare to go in and possess the land that God has given to us. The promises of the Lord God. Three things. Number one, it takes consecration to God. Number two, it takes dedication to God. And number three, it takes separation unto God. Hallelujah. Separation unto God. Now we're going to continue in this message of crossing over by looking at the account of the Jericho victory and I want us to recall and remember this that I am not just telling you a story of history I'm not just telling you of events that happened thousands of years ago God is able to speak to you personally into your life through the power of this word and he will do that I want to remind you that as someone who knows God as someone who's born again someone who's filled with his spirit there is an ability in you to hear from the mouth of God you have the ability to hear from heaven turn to your neighbor and say stay awake you're going to hear from heaven this morning (laughs) hallelujah And God will speak right into your own personal circumstances. It's as relevant today as it was all those thousands of years ago. So let's begin. Number one, Joshua encounters Jesus and falls to his knees in reverence. Hallelujah. Joshua encounters Jesus and falls to his knees in reverence. I love this because this takes As from the time of Moses you know we talked about a new dispensation of time coming Moses my servant is dead Joshua who was his aide, comes to the forefront of his ministry God has been preparing him for all these years and uh, Moses uh, I'm reminded of the fact that Moses's encounter with the voice of God as he heard the voice of God was from a burning bush Uh, and that burning bush experience for Moses represents the manifest presence of God. In manifest presence of god but in joshua's encounter here the word of god is manifest in human likeness or human form now that does not mean that jesus became flesh at that point this is what we call a theophany a a theophany a human image or a person in the form uh, of a theophany of the pre-incarnate christ so we know that this is the lord jesus and he's standing there with a drawn Sword revealing, he is the Word of God. He is the Commander of the Army of the Lord. Hallelujah! Turn to your neighbor and say, "All through the Old Testament, Jesus is all over it." Hallelujah! Jesus is all over it. Every everything we see, we can see Jesus. But the interesting thing about this, just let me remind you, Joshua as aid to Moses. Don't you think that Moses would have communicated and told the story so many times of how he encountered God in the burning bush? Of course he would. And then when the next moment happens, Joshua would immediately connect these two things because God said exactly the same thing that he said to Moses to Joshua. He said, take off your sandals. Because the ground on which you stand is holy. And immediately in the mind and the spirit of Joshua, there would have been that revelation and understanding that this is none other than the voice of God. This is the commander of the armies of glory. This is a moment that I will never forget for the rest of my life as I encounter God in this moment. It was at the commencement, if you like, of the early days of his ministry. And that moment was going to shape him as he moved forward in the purpose and the will of God. How significant was that? sometimes church we need those moments where we are so aware of the manifest presence of God and the voice of God and that's the difference for us as we come into the house of the Lord we come into the presence and the glory of the most high God every moment every day we live in the presence of the most high God but there are those moments when we hear from heaven and we just know something extraordinary at a higher level has happened in the realm of the spirit and it's time to kick off your shoes because the place where you are standing is holy ground. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everywhere you put your foot, you will bring the government of God. So the significance of what is being communicated here to Joshua is that as he moves forward on his journey in life and his ministry, and as he leads these people forward, God is with him. He's with him as he takes every step. He's with him as he takes every leadership decision. He's with him as he moves forward in his life and leads these people. Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, The Lord is with you constantly now i reminded us last night that the difference between the old testament context and the new testament context for us now with this side of the cross and the resurrection is that christ has come to abide in you and not only rest upon you by the power of his spirit there is never a moment where you are not indwelled by the power of god you may well not be constantly aware of it but i want to tell you the promise of the lord where he said to joshua i will never leave you or forsake you really apply to you this morning that even as we go through these these very difficult days I want to remind you church the promise of the Lord still stands I will never leave you and I will never forsake you there's going to be times of awesome manifestation as we stand in the river of God so they stood in the river of God and the ark of God was present and they came through on dry ground and when they came out the waters that had heaped up were suddenly back at flood stage and now we find Joshua having this encounter with a commander of the army of God why because there are significant days coming for Joshua there are significant days coming for the people of God and I say prophetically under the anointing of the spirit this morning there are such significant days coming from the people for the people of God right around the world in the age in which we live stand and having done all stand stand you will see the glory of the Lord there's going to be divine moments when you have to kick off your shoes because you will be aware that you are standing on holy ground. Do not fear. Do not be terrified. But arise in faith. Stand and see the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, this fellow's preaching this morning. <laughs> glory. I have to tell you what to say, otherwise you'd sit in silence, wouldn't you? <laughs> glory. Glory. Turn to your neighbour and say, "This pastor's blowing his nose because he's got a snivel and it's got nothing to do with a virus." <laughs> <laughs> give it to pick these up, but I, I'm not going to do that this morning. <laughs> Church, you know, when I'm speaking like that, I'm not speaking from notes alone. There's another dimension kicks in when we begin to move in the anointing at a higher level. That same anointing is resting on you. That same anointing is moving in you. That same anointing is moving through you. Hallelujah. Do not fear. Open your mouth. Begin to open your mouth like you've never done before. Speak with more confidence and boldness in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, these are days to be bold in God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, fence, isn't it interesting that having come across the Jordan, they find themselves immediately in front of Jericho. God leads them to face the greatest obstacle and hindrance. Isn't that significant? The same thing happened for Jesus before his ministry, before his ministry began. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Ever considered why it was the Spirit that led him into the wilderness? Because he had to teach us how to know victory. He had to display victory in, because he is the victor. Hallelujah. And so he had to overcome. And there was a moment when Israel had to overcome because they'd been baptized in the river. That was significant. They'd come through onto the other side. And now having crossed over, they were facing Jericho. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you will always have to face a Jericho. Amen. Nobody wants to do that, but, you know, victory has to be seen. Victory has to be displayed. The triumph of Christ in your life has to be displayed in the authority of God. Amen. The next thing that Joshua did actually brought him victory in his life because what he did was he didn't look at the size of the wall. He could have looked at the size of the city. And the enemy he was facing. But instead he looked up. Amen. He looked up. And as he looked up he saw Jesus. uh, The author and the finisher of our faith. And he is the one that we fix our eyes on even in these days. Amen. So friends we also have to be in a position where we are saying Lord. I will fall to my knees in adoration and in reverence. Amen. And i just give you a very tender prompt. An awful lot of the songs that we sing nowadays are about what we're going to do. I think we need to channel our voices to Christ. Less about what we're going to do and more about what he's done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's take the I out of our song and put Christ in the center at every opportunity we possibly can. Steer it that way in the name of Jesus. Your praise and worship will lift to the highest level you've ever known if you keep Christ right in the center of every expression, amen? Praise and worship has to be a selfless exercise. And once we move into that level, I tell you, you as a church, you there's nothing wrong with the songs that we sing. I love the songs that we sing. I'm encouraged by the songs that we sing. I'm just bringing a prompt of God because there's nothing like lifting up Jesus with full focus upon Him to bring us to a place where the manifest presence of Christ is such that we kneel and that we kick off our shoes. We reverence at a new level. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I told you it's all about Jesus. And then let me share with you about this second point. By faith, the Israelites experienced victory. By faith, the Israelites experienced victory. Hebrews 11, that's the faith chapter. Hebrews 11 verse 30 says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. Hallelujah. Faith. And the opening chapter Uh, opening verses in chapter 11 teaches us about faith and paul's brought that text up now i wonder if we could read this together i love to hear the sound of your voice in the middle of a preach do you know that come on would you read it with me are you ready now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see this is what the ancients were commended for by faith we understand that the universe was formed at god's command so that what is Seen was not made out of what was visible. I love that verse because it blows all the liberal theologians right out of the water because they think God needed matter and material to be able to bring something to pass. There had to be a big bang somewhere. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not really bothered whether there was a bang or no bang. What I know is that this ex nihilo power of God brought something out of nothing. Hallelujah. He simply spoke the word and what we see came into being. Hallelujah and the highest of his creation is you you are the pinnacle of god's creation you are the special part of god's creation you are the apple of his eye and he will never let you go says the lord your god amen so faith is, has to be present if we're going to deal with a jericho not only does faith have to be present but obedience has to be present these two are the necessary ingredients for victory faith and obedience faith and obedience run together faith and obedience cause these this victory to arise in your spirit and if it rises in your spirit you'll be able to see it hallelujah if it rises in your heart if it rises in your mind because of the cultivation of the life of god in you you will be able to see things that you never saw before You'll be able to perceive things that you never perceived before. God will give you an understanding of what lies ahead. God will give you strategy, strategy to deal with the Jericho. And so that was the instruction of God. The instruction of God came to Joshua, and Joshua had to go by the letter. Hallelujah. He had to do exactly what God had instructed him to do. Now, friends, you just imagine it because the... The people of God would have been wondering whether Joshua was going to see the mighty deliverances that Moses had seen. And so God says in this passage of scripture in this few chapters i will cause the people to see my greatness and my fullness resting upon you i will as you consecrate yourself to me i will do amazing things among you and the amazing thing that happened was that they took jericho by storm hallelujah They took hold of Jericho, that great city. You know, everything is given by the command of God. And as we come back into this passage of scripture, Joshua chapter 6, we find God saying two things. First of all, built around the word see. That's how he said it. He said, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Joshua and the people had to operate on that word. They had to see it. That word there means they had to believe it. They had to know it was coming to pass in their spirit. They had to remove fear. They had to remove doubt. And they had to know that what God has said is coming through. So see it. Operate on that word. What does that mean? It means put your trust in God. It means three things. Put your trust in God. Trust means the removal of fear. Amen? Amen. To remove fear and rest in faith. Secondly, triumph. The Bible says God will always lead us in triumphant procession triumph, have, you know, people say Paul, you Pastor you know, you're one of those triumphalists, and I make no apology for being so, because the word says I will always lead you in triumphant procession, I'm expecting nothing less than the triumph of God, I'm expecting nothing less than the victory of Christ, oh I go through the same trials and storms that anybody else does, sometimes we go through more when we're on the front line but I want to tell you, there's only one outcome coming, and that's the victory of Christ, and that's the triumph of God. Amen? So triumph is expectation of victory. And then thirdly, timing. They submitted to God's divine timetable. Imagine how difficult that must have been for the Israelites to march round, first of all, in silence. Trumpets have been carried. The priests are in front of the ark. And then on the seventh day, God says, "And well, march round and then blow the trumpets. And then when you hear one loud blast on the horn, get all the people to shout. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, they were Pentecostal. <laughs> Hallelujah. The glory. Get all the people to shout and the walls will collapse. But imagine what was happening in the mind of the enemy. The forces The warriors of Jericho, they were mocking. They were laughing. They were saying, do these screw of people really, really think that by marching round these walls and blowing trumpets and shouting that they are going to win the victory? But they didn't know that God had told them exactly what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Hallelujah. And so, thank God, on that moment of shouting praise to God, the walls came down. Hallelujah. Remember the old chorus we used to sing? Round the walls of Jericho. Where's all the this? Oh, they didn't sing it over here. Too spiritual. (laughs) But, you know, we know that liberal theologians will challenge all these things. But the fact remains that even archaeology confirms exactly what happened in this miracle. Because, you know, the walls didn't just fall over like that. They actually fell down, sunk into the ground. And then it says the people of God went straight up and in. And that's precise vocabulary. I love that. Straight up and in because they went in to claim a city. Hallelujah. They went in to claim a city. And I love that message there that we have a city to pursue. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I think it's an image of the fact that in our generation, we don't fight Wars and spiritual battles with carnal weapons. We've learnt the lesson to come to our knees and submit to God. The prayer is the key. We win the victory on our knees before the throne of God. Before his face with our shoes off on holy ground. Seeking the ways and the will of God. And we submit in reverence and awe to his time and to his plan and to his agenda hallelujah god knows the plans he has for you and he will bring them to pass he will bring them through in jesus name i want to tell you uh, uh, an amazing story i might have told you this before but paul my colleague is sitting up there he will tell you this is absolute fact that when we were in when i was in bristol ministering there in that church for 22 years we uh, got a small building And uh, we extended it, we refurbished, we did everything you can do, but we needed to expand so we could seat up to 400 at that point. And uh, we were landlocked, you know. We didn't own the piece of land even to get across to where the building was. We were uh, allowed to come across what was the garden of an old lady who was very gracious to us, uh, so we could park our vehicles and get into the building at the side. And then on the front uh, of the building, which also had another section of car parking, there was uh, an estate agency which was owned by the largest independent estate agents in the country, countrywide. And one day the Lord said to me, son, he said, you need to buy land to be able to expand. And I'd looked at 33 different sites in the town and God shut the door on every one of them. Uh, and uh, on this word from the Lord, I went to the head office in Cheltenham of Countrywide Properties, and I went and I said, I've come to buy your building. And you can imagine the response that I got. Uh, He just laughed and laughed and laughed, and I just sat there, said, "No, I'm absolutely serious. God has told me to come and buy your building." Uh, And of course, he he, was—he was listen, Paul. He says, "This is just going, not going to happen. We are the most successful independent chain of estate agents in the country, and we're just not going to do that. We don't need to sell anything." So I said to him, "This is what I want you to do. I want you to put it to the board. If I'm." hearing from God they'll agree and if I'm not hearing from God then you're right so he said okay I'll do that and then I heard nothing and three months later I got a phone call but let me tell you uh, before, uh, we had gone and we'd marched around the building seven times. Now, just because you march around the building seven times does not mean that you are going to get ownership of that building. <laughs> I am not giving you the ABC of what to do to buy your next home or your next church building, Pastor Dave. Uh, but God said that direct to me, and that was right that i did that so we marched and i thought people are going to think we are absolutely weird mm-hmm. and uh, you know some of our old pentecostal ladies have got the tambourines and they're all <laughs> going around if they go But three months later, I got a phone call. He said, "Paul, I said, I I can't believe it, but you've got the building." Here's the other miracle. I told him exactly what I was going to pay him for the building: 121,000. God told me to say, "Give him 121,000 for the building." I didn't have 121,000, but God told me to offer him 121,000. So we did that, and uh, he said, "Yeah, it's yours." And then God said to me, "Now lease it back to him for seven years." (laughs) <laughs> i said this doesn't make sense lord you know you can't buy a building lease it back so i said look i'm going to lease this building back to you for seven years and this is how much rent i want you to pay and he said yeah that's absolutely fine <laughs> so they bought the building for us <laughs> they bought the building when the building was paid off he rang me, he said, Paul, he says, I'm ever so sorry, we're going to have to vacate the premises. I says, that's exactly what I was expecting you to say. Because we were ready then to take our, put up our new building. Why do I tell you that? Because friends, the timing of God is absolutely key with spiritual strategy. And if we hear from heaven, then we can act upon that. So they heard but first of all you have to see it if you can't see and believe in faith you can't take your step because the next word that comes there is see it and then there is do it so this is there in this passage of scripture God said what I want you to do is march around the city and then they would be able to occupy amen thirdly Joshua ordered the people to advance you know the temptation would have been strong for the people to think we can do this they were armies they had fighting men They could have easily said, we can handle this in our own strength. It's so easy to think we can do church. So easy because we're good at it. So easy because we got everything just right. Isn't it wonderful when God breaks in and shakes it up, glory, by his spirit and his power, and tells us with clear instruction how to move forward as a church. But let me tell you the people had to follow Joshua. Hallelujah. The congregation couldn't dictate to the pastor how they should be running the church. Hallelujah. There was a surrender. There was a submission. There was a service. There was a servanthood heart in the people of God. They were ready. And so when Joshua ordered the advance, faith and obedience, faith and obedience in the people meant that everyone could go up straight in and took hold of what God had given to them already. Do you know, this story isn't always easy to handle because you know there is a very tender part to this story because one of the instructions of God, and I think we need to bring some explanations. One of the instructions of God is go into that city and wipe out all living things, everyone, and take all the wealth and devote it unto God. And we struggle with that. We do struggle with that because the idea of God instructing another nation to wipe out another city, we struggle with that. We have to put it into Old Testament context. And remember that the responsibility didn't rest upon the human Joshua and the Israelites because it was the instruction of God. So God actually took responsibility for the instruction that he had gave he had given and it's Old Testament times now in a period of grace we understand these things and we set them in the right context to be able to understand the love of God and the mercy of God and and then finally on that let me say the only people that were spared were Rahab and her family the woman who had helped the two spies and she had requested And what she'd done is she put the red sash outside as a sign of the blood covering for protection over her family. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're still covered by the blood of Jesus. Isn't that wonderful to know today? You are still covered by the blood of Jesus. No matter what is happening, you are covered by the blood of Jesus of the lamb of god amen we also have to remember that this was a city that was like a satanic stronghold and it was full of idol worship and it was full of idolatry and full of satanic powers it's a spiritual representation an authority representation so that's why we see how god handled it in the way that he did okay has that helped you and then fourthly secret sin caused defeat But re-consecration brought victory. You know the story of what happened when they went in. God said, let all things be devoted to me. Everything you take, let it be devoted to me. Everything you have, every possession that you have, let it be devoted to me. But Achan didn't. And the story is that he actually took some of the wealth and he put it under the earth into the soil under his tent and paul calls the physical body the tent so the image there is he took it to himself that which belonged to god he kept for himself and hid it let me tell you you can hide nothing from god Your tithe belongs to God. As we come through this next season, don't use it. You know, if you have to be away from church for a few weeks or make adjustments or whatever, whatever, I want to tell you, church, keep tithing. Keep blessing the house of God. Do what is honorable. Do what is right in the sight of God. Don't take it for yourself because you will suffer loss. And so the outcome of this, again, it's a difficult story to handle. So uh, we know that the judgment of God began to rest upon, there was chastisement that came upon the house of God, the house of Israel. And we find Joshua on his face. It's a sackcloth and asses moment. It's a, he's perplexed, he's troubled, he's face down, he's in the dust. And And then you think about the God moment here that takes place and it's absolutely tremendous because... After so many days, God says to Joshua, what are you doing there? (laughs) What are you doing there? And whilst we know all secret things cannot be hidden from God, one day the secrets of all hearts will be made known. But this is a moment of enormous discovery for us because Joshua is facing his face in the ground because of the sin his expectation is calamity for the people of God. And so he tears his clothes. And then he's thinking wrong. When we have secret things, when we have sin, it's in chapter 7. You can read it when you get back home. But it's he'd taken things that had been first fruits, if you like, should have been first fruits given to God, brought them into his own life and hid them and so here Joshua has to consecrate them again unto the Lord hidden things brought out into the open confession of sin and then God says stand up I love this because sometimes we think we have to wait so long before we can stand up again we know that we've done wrong. We know that we've taken things for ourselves. We know we've maybe acted in ways that are not devoted unto God. But the mercy and the grace of God is such that he comes to us and says, yeah, bring your confession. Yes, bring your consecration, your recon- re-consecration to me again. But stand up hallelujah stand up we stand up under the grace and the blessing and the favor of god once again you've probably heard me say this before i learned an early lesson when it comes to the confession of sin because there is something in the human heart and mind that makes us feel that we have to wait so long before we can come back to god sometimes we feel we have to go lower before we can come up higher but thanks be to God, God says to Joshua immediately, What are you doing? Stand up. Hallelujah. What are you doing? Stand up. And it was a shake yourself moment. Hallelujah. It was a wake up moment. Arise, wake up, O oh sleeper. It was one of those come to your senses moment, hallelujah. Have you ever had one of those spiritual come to your senses moment where you just know the direction you're going in is wrong? You just know that what is happening is not right with God and you shake yourself and say, Lord, that's enough. I've come before God, correct my life, confess my sin and you know that God is saying, it's time to stand up again, hallelujah. Stand up, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, stand up again in Jesus' name. And I love this because Joshua is then able to say to them, the people of God, let us make sure that that which is belonging to God is given unto him. And so bring things into the open before him. Consecrate. Do the preparation in your heart and the preparation in your mind. Confess your sin, stand up. And be ready for battle again. Give unto the Lord that which belongs to him. And you will know victory over the enemy. You will know every wall will fall down. And you will be able to go straight up and straight in. To possess what God has already given into your hands in Christ. Who is your Joshua. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Perhaps the significance of this message is that every one of us, and right around the world, we're, we're facing a days of trial, days of uncertainty. And it would be good for us as a church to now take a few moments and ask God for his intervention, amen, to ask God for his protection. And it may be in these moments that I was preaching that The Lord brought something to your heart and life where you would say, you know, that's been a secret thing in my life. But you know it, Lord. And I want to bring a confession to you. You don't need to confess it to anybody else. God knows. There's power in confessing to somebody else. But you need great wisdom in who to do that with. But let me tell you, friend, if we bear our hearts in transparency before God, We'll be right with him. And if we come and we say, Lord, I will give unto you that which you deserve, not only from my wealth that you've blessed me with, but also myself, my whole life. And it may well be that if we were to take an offering here, that yours would be the widow's might. I want to tell you, the widow's might is totally acceptable to God. Hallelujah. It's wonderful that God's freedom and liberty and joy is able to receive all of us, no matter what we bring. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information www.mpc.org.uk